0: I'm Sarah Humphries, the executive editor of Real Simple, a busy stepmother of two, and an amateur cook who loves to cook and loves to eat, but has lots of questions.
1: And I'm Sarah Karnasevich, the food editor of realsimple.com, a professional cook and a working mom who tries to give you all the answers.
0: Welcome to Things Cooks Know, the weekly podcast where the professional cook, that's Sarah Kay, shares insider advice and secrets that the busy amateur cook, that's me, can use in her own kitchen with her own family. Today on Things Cooks Know, we want to talk about family dinner. And not what to make for family dinner, which we could talk about until the cows come home, yep. but more family dinner as a concept. And more specifically, is it really so important? And will we ruin our children if we don't have it? God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a perfect guest joining us today to talk about this. Her name is Jenny Rosenstrock. She is amazing. She's actually one of my friends as well, I have to say. <laughs> she is the creator of the amazing, smart, useful, comforting, helpful blog, Dinner Love Story. And the author of three cookbooks so far, is that correct? Two with one on the way. Okay, yeah. two with one on the way. So welcome, Jenny. We're so happy to ha- have you here.
2: I am so delighted to be here. Thanks hi, for inviting Jenny. me. Hi,
0: <laughs> hi, Sarah. So first, can you just tell us a little bit about how you started your blog? What inspired you and how this all came about?
2: Sure. Uh, it started, I mean, the most, the glib answer is that I lost my job, so I had to figure out something to do with myself. But but the real, the truthful, I like to think the truthful answer is that I had been a working mom for eight years at that point, and um, I had sort of always been conflicted about it and One of the One of the packs that I made to myself about staying in my job as a magazine editor was it was really important to me to get home to make dinner for my kids and if i couldn 't do that, then I would just really had to figure out a way to to adjust my life so that it could happen. At the time I'd lost my job, I had figured out a way to sort of make all of this work. And I had amassed a massive archive of tips, of, you know, just strategies and, and getting a meal on the table every day as a working parent. I had worked at Real Simple doing this. I had worked at a parenting magazine called Cookie doing this. The best so, magazine ever. <laughs> but I just decided that maybe I had something to say and that maybe I could help people. And it was a cause that was very close to my heart. I really loved to cook and I loved talking about dinner and I loved cooking dinner. And I just was—I wanted to really change the narrative about family dinner from being a problem to solve to something that actually people see as a source of comfort and pleasure. And that's why I called the blog Dinner a love story because I just felt like you always hear about you know, people, just like you said, are we ruining our kids by not having it? And I don't want dinner to be talked about like that. Like, we have to do it or else. I just kind of feel like there's a better way to discuss it.
0: So, Jenny, I think one of the, you know, when I let off with a question about will we ruin our children if we don't have family dinner, we need to give you some background on where we're coming from. Why we're so scared about the answer. Why we're scared. So so <laughs> for me, Sarah H., we have we have joint custody with my stepkids mother and we have them 50% of the time, which means we have them 50% of the nights. And so on the week, that only means we have them on Wednesday night and Thursday night. So Wednesday nights and Thursday nights are like this, a mad rush home. They're out of control. And it takes all of our effort just to sit down and like actually get them to sit on their butts right. and, and be there. And so we work really hard to do it, but that's, we're only getting two out of five weeknights. So I always feel this, this, what about on weekends? On weekends, we do, if we have them, we definitely have dinner with them, which is great too, right. and other meals as well. But I think that um, you know, in the weekdays, like to really try to catch up and see where they are, and There's they've been pressure transitioning. Pressure to like, make it count. There's pressure right. to make it count. And remind me how old they are? Six and eight. So that's that's my story. And then Sarah okay. Kay's got even more of a pickle.
1: Okay. Well, it just it just doesn't a different hap- pickle. It just doesn't happen in my house because my husband for the last. 10 years has worked night so we don't ever have dinner together as i mean as a married couple that was true and then we have a son who's three and a half and like never in his life has his dad been home at night so i mean he's home on the weekends right um and it's just like we think about like maybe someday there will be a day when um the schedule flips but this has just kind of been the state of our life for so long it's like dinner is not the Meal that we eat together, now that right. said, we do try and have breakfast together right um, well I, was, I think you know you both know the answer
2: to this first of all, Sarah h if you 're doing dinner in some capacity four out of seven nights a week that 's like i don 't know what you 're worried about that 's even though it might not be the most pleasant experience on those two nights when it 's really harried. I mean mm-hmm. there are things you can do to obviously address that, and we can go into that later, but that 's having dinner regularly with your children that 's a ritual and And then Sarah Kay, just the idea of ritual, that's what family dinner is to me. Like, for me, Mm -hmm. I talk about family dinner because that's the place where, that's the ritual in my life where I can, where the connecting can happen, and it's a logical place to do it because I love to cook. But having said that, I recognize that not everyone has worked in, food magazines for 10 years and has an archive of hips and, you know, and, and loves to cook and has a schedule that can, can allow for family dinner. And so breakfast is always a great solution. I mean, I, it's hard
1: because the mornings get a little crazy. I mean, that it's it's gotten harder as I have gone from being a freelancer to, to right? being someone who goes to an office. But right. it, it is, we do try as much as possible to like actually, you know, when I... When time allows, and I try and make it allow, I, I do a fair amount of cooking in the morning, even if that means getting up a little early. And because, like you said, I am someone who wants—I would like to cook for my family. Uh, but I mean, yeah. he's
2: only three and a half. At three, I mean, you—you you have so much time. Sorry <laughs> <to> about <laughs> okay, it. Okay, oh thank God. you. You're making me feel better. <laughs> so much. I didn't. I When my kids were three, they, we weren't having family dinner. I mean, we were having. They, we were feeding. We were sitting down with them and feeding them. You know, like chopped up turkey. Yeah, exactly. Baby carrot and then putting in to bed and then having dinner. And that was, you know, we kind of called it family dinner because we're all sitting down together and we made ourselves feel better. And, and I absolutely still to this day think that that counts as family dinner. Yeah. But, you know, and then like our real like where we would actually cook together and sit down and have a decent, you know, grown up meal would come later. But that was stressful after a while, too. But kids find comfort in any kind of family ritual. And yeah. often you don't even know as a parent what they see as rituals. There are so many examples in my house where, I mean, just the most mundane moments that my kids look forward to that I was like, really, you, you like doing, you like sitting on my bed and folding laundry with me? Like, that's fun for you? And they, you know, brush their hair in the mirror while I'm doing it and talk about their day. And. Yep. These moments are everywhere. We just aren't really attuned to them because you don't have these studies coming out once a year saying, you know, if you don't eat with your kids, they're going to be mess addicts, you know. So it's like no one, no one looks at that. And I really firmly believe that, you know, I mean, I know if anyone, if you guys are even having this conversation and thinking about it, then it means that you're attuned and it means that you're good, great parents and, and figuring it out in other ways.
0: Well, so. thanks. So <laughs> awesome. Are
2: we done?
1: Yeah. <laughs> thanks for joining us,
0: Jenny. Anyway, no. <laughs>
1: So I, I mean, if I'm hearing you right, then you're saying basically that there are elements maybe of the family dinner idea that you can tra- like that you can translate to other times.
2: Of course, I mean, I have a friend, another Sarah, who she always said that they never had dinner together as a family, but they got it done on the chairlift, which I think is a great line.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great.
2: She, they were big, a big skiing family, and they, you know, that ride up the chairlift when you're—it's like that quiet mm-hmm. and you know, you're all kind of jammed in there. And that's when she said she had some of her greatest heart-to-hearts with her parents. And I always think about that, you know, and just newsflash, like at family dinner, you're not necessarily having these like heart-to-hearts with your parents every night. So sometimes you are, and sometimes you're not. It's nice. What I love about it is that it's there. And it's, you know, if you want to, um, you know, if your, your kids know that it's a place, it's a safe place, and, and that's, that's where they can sort of open up to you and look you in the eye. And things but but you know there are all these things there's so many other places where this stuff can happen too it just for me it's the most logical the most delicious place so so that's that's why i've devoted so much time to it
0: i want to do like a virtual walk a virtual fly in the wall at your family dinners will okay. you tell us about your family dinners like what do they look like? Are they leave it to beaver? Are they, you know, wh- what do they look like on kind of like any given evening? And, and I guess also, how have they changed over the years? I mean, your girls now are what? Like, am I, I'm going to make this up, 13 and 11?
2: Very good. Yeah, they're <gasps> yeah. almost, oh my 11-year-old my, my is going to be 12 very soon. So oh, my gosh. 12 and 13. But, you know, the, I think what's changed the most, which is going to be so crazy to hear, is that half the time I'm waiting for them to come home for dinner versus, you know, <laughs> the other way around for yeah. so many years. You know, they're, they have they both play sports, and the older you get, I'm sure you've heard this, the older they get, the later their practices get. And so, you know, there are times when my kids are not walking in the door until eight fifteen, eight thirty at night. And so that that's – there's all kinds of problems with that, but on the other hand, it – gives me sort of a lot more breathing room in terms of, you know, if I was if I had a conventional job working in an office 9 to 5, that would be a great thing because then I could come home and it wouldn't be sort of like the race against the clock kind of issue, which which was what informed so much of my life as a working parent trying to get dinner on the table when the kids were younger. So, I don't know. I mean, it it gets I sound like it's, it's such a cliche, but, you know, it gets so much easier. You guys are, I mean, a three-year-old is kept, Like, you're majorly in the trenches with that. Like, I didn't even attempt to do it back then. And and there's so many – the thing about kids is that they're so game to to do new things. Like, if you want to just start a ritual, you can start a new thing. And, and, and Yeah, all
1: it takes is a few days, and it's like you've always been doing it. <laughs> I really think that's true. I mean,
2: I remember thinking, you know, like, we used to – put Sesame Street on in the morning for the kids before when we were getting ready for work and, and then slowly we started giving them fruit They're watching TV and then gradually breakfast turned into like so then it became they were eating breakfast in front of the TV every morning and we were working and I was like this is the only time we like this is like 20 percent of the time that I see them all day like why are we doing this and we were just so worried about like oh my god or what what happens when we stop this we've been doing <laughs> it for so long and we just stopped it and it was fine. You know, yep. they, they went with, we're like, we'll do Sesame Street on the weekends. And they were like, okay. And so, you know, obviously not every kid is like that. You know, I don't want to overgeneralize, but for the most part, it's, you know, it's up to us. We can make these decisions, and they're not easy decisions, and I don't want to oversimplify anything. But but if something is important to us and we commit to it, then it's not as scary as as we think.
0: Well, I just think back to being, you know, being a child and having my parents, you know, change things on me. I don't know. That's just what they did. And I always wonder if they hemmed and hawed them out as much as we do Probably as not. our generation. I mean, I feel like they just didn't even discuss it. They just no. said it. Yeah, I know. Um, it's so true. Speaking of the different generations, you know, technology has been such, obviously, a huge change in this generation and, and halfway into our generation. And, and, Jenny, I know in your blog you had you've published an interview with Sherry Turkle who spent, like, what, 30 years studying the effects of technology on our relationships, which is just fascinating. I think it's amazing that she thought about to, thought to do yeah. that 30 years ago. That's so visionary. And her new book, which is called Reclaiming Conversation, is all about how technology, you know, impedes our abilities to relate to one another and, of course, empathize. So I wanted to get your opinion on the phone situation and dinner and, and how we, you know, what we do about that.
2: So I my feeling about technology, first of all, is that this is how old i am but my there was no smartphone when my kids were little so we never had the temptation to sort of mm-hmm. throw the iphone at them during at a restaurant to calm them down you know we we had all kinds of other ways to do that but but they seemed somehow less disassociative if that's the word like you know they were puzzles and crayons and and that kind of thing but you know we had the same issue obviously that most parents do at the dinner table but you know as as they got older i read somewhere that Someone just said, and it seems very simplistic, but someone said, put off the smartphone as long as you possibly can, you know, fear. And, and when I read that, I remember looking at my daughter, who was probably six or seven, and she was sitting in a room, you know, just like she was animating some, like like a sugar packet with a salt <laughs> shaker, you know, like just some stupid, like she's, a, she's she has a very rich imagination. And so, and I was thinking, okay, if, when that stops, maybe I'll think about, you know, why we need it, and, when, and if she starts asking for it, and 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 so I just kind of put it off as long as I possibly could. When when they started walking to school, I needed to get them a phone. But you know, a, um, a wise mentor mother of mine said, "Well, they don't need a smartphone for that. They just need to be able to." Mm-hmm to dial you if they need you. And so we did that, and they called it their dumb phones, of course. But <laughs> that's fine. We just now, my 13-year-old just got her first smartphone. And so and so as a result of that, they've never really wanted to have a phone around until now, now that there is an iPhone around. But it's nev- It's always been sort of an unspoken rule that we don't have phones at the table. And in this interview yesterday, and in many places, Sherry Turkle, she so fascinating. She said that even if you're... Phone is in the room, it has an effect on conversation and the way we engage with each other. And I completely believe that. I'm I as guilty yeah. as the next person. Like if my phone, even if it's not literally on the table, if it's on the counter, you know, in the same room, and it buzzes, or um, it's just always there within reach if you want to refer to some, you know, whatever you're talking about at the table, and you want to say, oh, I saw this video about it, and you want to show, you know, just to, just in the periphery, she said, affects the way. That we listen and talk to each other, and I thought that was pretty powerful.
0: So, when you guys have dinner, do you are your phones like in a different room?
2: No, they're still in the kitchen. We're working on that, but this is yeah. this is all this is a new breaking news to me. So, <laughs> but but I am gonna. I don't. I would be very curious to hear what you guys think about this. But I'm very tempted now to. I, my 11 year old is about to have her 12th birthday party, and I, I want to say, I want her to tell her friends to not bring their phones to the to mm-hmm. the party it's at a restaurant we're doing like a hibachi steak kind of thing and um i see every time we go to parties like these all the kids are on their phones yeah. i mean there are some there are other issues beyond the fact that they're not engaging with each other directly but there's also the fact that a lot of them are posting pictures to social media and oh,
0: yeah. including people Jeez, and so, so to
2: me it's just kind of this you know it's just why have it there it's just creating problems and so I don't know. I just feel like of course my, my daughter is like, You can't do that no way <laughs> But but I don't know. What what do you guys think?
0: I Listen, if, if I, you I, can
2: put up with your daughter, exactly. Like I feel like
0: it. it's an amazing trend to start, frankly, and I feel like if it's just you just need that one parent to be the first one to do it at a birthday party. And I feel like that could be a thing that would catch on like wildfire. Personally, you
2: know, it, 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 the only problem is that this is like my, I'm I'm getting into my last year is when I, when I can actually control anything. Right. So I don't know <laughs> if I can start a trend in any way, but at least with my own kids. But,
0: but we'll see. So, Jenny. T- To end this episode, we want to get to some nuts and bolts and actually talk about food a little bit. Actual eating. And your last book is called Dinner, the Playbook. And I have it in my house, and it's completely dog-eared. And I actually gave it to my stepson before. (laughs) I think it was like a year, right when it came out. And I gave him some sticky notes, and I was like, okay, just tag every single recipe that you would want out of this book. And he gives it back to me, and the book is like (laughs) just bursting with sticky notes. Of course, I was laughing because basically everyone was chicken. It was like, chicken this, chicken that, chicken. But anyway,
2: (laughs) we have used it a
0: lot. And I think that, you know, that book is a lot about obviously getting kids to kind of eat what you're eating, right? And and to to make it one family dinner as opposed to, you know, uh, uh, two shifts or two different meals. Do you have... We talked about modular meals the other day, yeah. and I know you're a huge proponent of those, but do you have any, like, out of all those recipes in that book, are there a couple that you just know are surefire hits, even for kids who are picky, that are worth trying?
1: Yeah, like oh. my son who will eat three things. Okay, what um, are the three fun. things? Well, he'll eat, he'll eat chicken. Okay. Uh, he'll eat tomatoes. Okay. He'll eat peanut butter and jelly. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, that sounds delicious. He'll <laughs>
2: eat, um, you know. And any kind of chicken or? Um, pretty much. And, and it can be but like... Actually, influenced.
1: no, he loves anything in meatball form he'll eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, okay, good. Yeah, he'll eat broccoli. So it's more than three things, but... Can it be chicken... It doesn't have to be chicken meatballs, right? It can be regular... No, no, no. Meatball. In fact, I don't know what he would do with a chicken meatball, but...
2: I mean, just in terms of addressing what Sarah H. was saying about how you sort of want to... You want your kids to eat sort of what you're eating, but that's always not a reality. But there's like... I kind of find... There's, so there's one recipe in the book that I would point you to first, which is grilled chicken with peanut curry sauce. Made because, it.
0: Delicious. Right.
2: <laughs> but for Sarah Kay, yeah. I feel like he can he can have the chicken. Yeah. And then if maybe he wants to try the, I, I mean, he actually might like the peanut, he sauce. Might. I mean, it's it's peanut like butter. Peanut butter. But but also, yeah. even if it's not peanut butter, if it's some sauce, like we have like this great curry that we got at Colustin's the other day, or not curry, sorry, chutney, any kind of thing that gives it like that kick, that's, that's sort of what upgrades it for a grown-up. Like a yogurty horseradish sauce mm. with herbs or something. So you have that. He has what he's having. You know, I think I serve that in the book with like a dill cucumber salad. But
1: we made know. the like you know the Sam Sifton shawarma mm-hmm. recipe yeah. from New York Times. That yeah. has been like one of the more recent
0: go-to Break, breakthroughs.
1: Yeah, because like you're saying, Jenny, it's really true. Like so much of that is like what you put on the side. So that's been great because he'll eat the chicken. We'll all eat the chicken, right. but we can have like raita and stuff like that. And he, yeah, he I
2: mean, I think yeah. the the most important thing you can do at this age, and when my youngest was three, she was we had the exact same issue, was just not to stop eating the way you want to eat because mm-hmm. that's the best thing. I'm not the first person to say this, obviously, but exposing them to new things, even if they're not eating them, but just giving them the option to see how something is eaten and should be eaten is. It really, in my case, I can't speak for every family, but it completely, they grow into it. They evolve, you know, not everyone at the same pace, obviously. But the number one thing we can all do is just not give up and keep keep eating the way we want our kids to eat and just model that behavior for them.
1: But right? I love
0: the idea of keep eating the way you want to mm-hmm. eat because yeah. it's so easy to fall in that trap where, like, you know, spaghetti and meat yeah. with meat sauce – like every night because that right. they love it and that, and when you ask them what they want for dinner that's what they want and like right. i've literally come and home and we've eaten i'm so sick of it you your eyes out you're yeah. so bored i'm so, I, 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 yeah absolutely yeah. so anyway i think that's like a really good way to think about it and just just make sure that there's things there that they they will eat and they can experiment with the other stuff and meanwhile yeah. you're they, happy
2: do they like tacos oh,
0: we yes not. we had <laughs> we, we just did a taco episode because yes because you're
1: like they're the savior but
0: they are, they're the best things ever. Yeah. And I, I just yeah, I load mean, mine with Tabasco. To me, it's like,
2: yeah, whatever we put in a taco kind of works. And so it's just easy to disguise, like, a grown-up meal in a taco, I find. So, oh. you know, it's all just marketing, basically. But, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, you know, my friend... You just, and you just as I'm speaking to you, I can tell that he doesn't eat just three things. You know, like I think yeah. my friend who has had was dealing with stick eater for a long time, she used to just keep his running list inside her cabinet, which I thought was kind of a great idea of like every single possible meal that worked. And um, And so she would have this reference, and before long, she was like, Wow, he actually does eat like 15 things. And 15 meals in a repertoire is is a decent repertoire well and
1: i try not to make a big deal of it like a couple yeah so the other thing that's hard this just kind of crushing for me is he went from being like kind of an amazing eater when he first started eating food like he would he was one oh, of these kids absolutely. who ate everything like i was right. totally obnoxious about it <laughs> he <laughs> that's, loves that's blue why, cheese and happens. anchovies <laughs> and then he turned into like you know full-on toddler and he just stopped but now like there will every once in a while be something that like creeps back in but i'll he'll just like i'll put something on his plate and he'll eat it and i'll like my eyes will like pop open but i won't want to say anything because i don't (laughs) like he ate black beans a couple weeks ago and i was like wait wait he's eating them again and how did he
2: and was it just on his plate or did he reach for your plate it was on his
1: i put it on his plate with other stuff and like He likes beans and soup. So I thought, well, maybe if it, he's just on me, I was like, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Ate no. it, and now I'm like, okay, I'm just going to like keep putting him there and not saying anything about it. And I think
2: that's really smart. <laughs> I mean, I don't, he's not, he's not like a tantrum thrower, right? Like he doesn't
1: get no, mad. And no, no. He just will say like, I don't want that. So well I say, yeah. don't eat it. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think that's
2: great. I mean, that's why like, I love the idea of sort of the family style feeding in the middle of the table so mm-hmm. that you have just a big platter of offerings, like kind of a mini salad bar. And then everyone takes what they want and everyone sees how the way it's supposed to be eaten and everyone recognizes that not everyone eats the same way, but you're still only making one meal, you know. I love, like, a big salad is great for that with, with, with some kind of protein, like a steak salad or a um, salmon salad or, um, you know, just things that can be, as you were saying. I, I'm assuming modular means kind of deconstructed, but that's what we call it on our block. But... Um, so, yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know. I think you guys are doing a lot better than
0: you're, than you're saying. Well, thanks so much for, you know, making us feel so the much better today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: oh, we'll my God, they're so, you. they're so young. They're so young. They have so much. Um,
0: and thank you so much, Jenny, for, for talking to us today. Again, Jenny Rosenstock, who has the wonderful blog, Dinner, Love Story. And any night you're just totally stumped for what to make. You go, go on it. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of my college friends, as you know, Jenny, I've told you this, are, are obsessed with it as well. I mean, really oh, use I it as it. like a, a tool every night. So it's it's an incredible blog. So thank, thank you so much for joining us today. and Thank, thank you for you, having me. Of course. Nice. So nice to talk to you guys. We'd like to thank our producer, Tim Einenkel, and our engineer, Zach Dinerstein. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe on iTunes and leave us comments there. We'd love to read them. For a million more great cooking tips and strategies, you can head to realsimple.com. And if you have topics you'd like us to cover next time, you can tweet them to us at Sarah P. Humphreys or at SQ Karn. We'll be back next week.